Welcome. You are listening to the Equity Umbrella Podcast. I'm Sharon. And I'm Yvette. And we are educators with 20 plus years of classroom experience between us. We created this podcast to have open dialogue about socially relevant topics, things you probably won't talk about in PD. All from an equity lens. And you are now in a safe space under the equity umbrella. So come take a seat with us as we open up about some of today's hot button topics. Welcome to the Equity Umbrella Podcast. This is episode three. My name is Sharon Lee, the multi-tiered systems of support advisor serving the Southgate community of schools. And I'm Yvette Fraga, the MTSS for the Huntington Park, Walnut Park, and City of Vernon community of schools. And as we start, I just want to say that as we're recording this right now, it is Veterans Day morning. So we want to take a quick pause to say thank you. Thank you for all of our veterans. Thank you for your sacrifice, your bravery, and your service. We know that we have the lives that we have. The freedom that we have is because of what you've done. Yes, I want to extend a huge thank you to all of our educators slash veterans out there. I know there's a lot of you um, who served our country and now serve your communities as educators. So thank you very, very much for choosing to do both. All right, Sharon. In this episode, we're talking all about COVID-19 and the upcoming holidays. But before we get to that, can we quickly touch bases on the election? Yes. How can we not? Right. <laughs> uh, you know, I just remember last time we were recording that was like right before the election, leading up to the election. And I just remember thinking, like I myself included, like I think we were all feeling very anxious. Um, I think that there was a real fear about like having civil unrest um, around the election time. Yeah. So, I mean, looking back now, like, I feel better. I feel better that overall, I think that the process of election went pretty smoothly, peacefully, without any major disruption or, you know, any major civil unrest. And the votes are counted at this point. So overall, I'm feeling better. I agree. I think I'm feeling better, too. Um, I'm still a little tense or nervous or apprehensive I'm not sure what the right word is um, because there seems to be a tug of war between the Mm. current administration and the newly elected administration Um, and as a history teacher right as a historian right that's what my degree is in. it's in history Um, I worry about these allegations of um, fraudulent voting Mm-hmm. right without any real supported evidence that makes me nervous um it kind of harkens in my mind to perhaps mm-hmm. um an authoritarian government mm-hmm. um and so i do i'm still a little bit worried about our democracy at this point um but i do like you i think i feel a lot better that it's over with um the votes have been counted the the votes are in like you said <laughs> so yes yes um, I feel good about that. And Mm. this might be an unpopular or popular opinion, but I am happy that our Secretary of Education, Mm. I think that's her title. She's on her way out. She has been hostile towards (laughs) public schools. And Mm. Sharon and I are public school educators. Um, And so I'm happy she's on her way out. Yes. And I think, like you said, I mean, I'm, you know, I can publicly say that's where I stand as well. And to me, it's like, as you're saying all of that, I feel like it's one step forward. And we know that there are many other steps to move forward. Like we're not done, right? It's one step forward. There are still many more steps ahead. But I am hopeful and looking forward to what new changes um, and just, yeah, the difference that we will see with the new administration. So we've gotten that out of the way. Let's talk about the holidays. The holidays are upcoming. We've got Thanksgiving on the way. Um, We've got um, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, right? Whatever kind of the holidays you celebrate in December um, are 
are upcoming, right? They'll be here faster than we expect them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the time we look, I think I look forward to the holidays. What about you, Sharon? Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, I would count down, right? <laughs> we look forward to that break. I think is what we look forward to as educators. I think right? we're making that very clear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the clear. educators listening in can share that feeling with us. They also look forward to that break. But this this holiday season, this holiday mm-hmm. season, excuse me, is going to look a little bit, or maybe even a lot, is going to look very different because of COVID nineteen. Yeah. So Sharon, will you share with us kind of like what your holidays normally would be like, your celebrations would be like, and how they're going to be different this year because of COVID? Yeah, so I mean, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is like, I usually, I love traveling and I've, like, I love having that Thanksgiving break because that's not always the time that everybody gets off, especially if you're traveling out of the country. Thanksgiving is like the American holiday, right? So I know that usually I'll try to spend that Thanksgiving break to travel, even overseas. Um, So this year, for sure, I will not be doing that. So, I mean, even now I'm trying to see for the winter break what travel might look like. But it's just, you know, it's just so hard to make any, like, set plans because I still think there are certain things I feel safe to do versus not. So I guess, again, the word is uncertainty, right? And I know that with our family, too, we usually get together for Thanksgiving for dinner. And uh, we usually do, so our traditional Thanksgiving dinner is with Korean barbecue. So short rib barbecue, um, they would definitely prefer that over like turkey. So we do our Thanksgiving dinner with everybody and we pick our names for um, Secret Santa. And so for Christmas dinner, we all bring our gifts and do, you know, the gift exchange. But all to say, yeah, we're still talking about that right now. Like, do we meet all together? Um, do we meet outside? And we honestly, we haven't decided yet. So definitely wow. different. Sounds like there's a lot of uncertainty around that right now. Um, how about you, um, Yvette? Like, what do you usually do? And how has that been like for you this year? I'll say this. My, my mom is Puerto Rican and my dad is Cuban. And we have a large um, Puerto Rican extended family out here, right? My Cuban family is out in Florida and um, in other places across the country. And so the thing that we look forward to every year is Christmas Eve. We celebrate a big Christmas Eve. My dad will roast a whole pig. And then we have family come in from like San Bernardino and Riverside Um, And then we have some family who are local, but they'll stop in, have a plate and then move on to the next house, right? And move (laughs) on to their next plan. And so we have kind of a revolving open door uh, most of the night. Um, And this year is going to look drastically different. Mm. And that's because my, my parents are in their early to mid 60s, right? Um, and they, they fit some of those COVID-19 high-risk factors. And then my grandparents are in their 90s. And so we are really taking into consideration yeah. how do we keep everyone healthy? And then trying to figure out how do we include my grandparents in their 90s, but also keep them healthy and safe, mm-hmm. right? And... My mom was a pediatric nurse for 40 years, so she's very clear on the risks. And to her, Mm -hmm. the virus is very real. Like, I was just reading an article that said, you know, I know that, like, the count is still going. It's not looking stable. And they're actually really encouraging people to be extra cautious during the season. Because, again, you may not show any symptoms, yet be the carrier of the virus and transmit, right? So we also know normally during the holidays, there's lots of celebrations on school sites. There's lots of fun activities, right? Within our classrooms. And now that we are, at least in Los Angeles, right? We are not on site yet. And so the holiday celebrations are going to be different in our classrooms Mm -hmm. too, right? So Mm -hmm. Um, I've 
curated kind of a list of maybe some fun things in case our teachers are not sure of how to celebrate or kind of some fun activities they can do online with their students. And so if it's okay with you, Sharon, I'm just going to read it off. All yes, right. yes, go ahead. All right. So um, the first thing on the list is design your own ugly sweater activity or contest <laughs> that you can do on Zoom. Um, I think that could be fun, right? Because you don't have to have anything special. It can just be maybe some of the stuff that you have hanging around the house, right? That our students have hanging around the house. And you can have um, students then, vote, right? Vote on their favorite or vote on the funniest. That's always yeah, fun. I think that would be fun. Um, the next thing maybe for some of our older students would be to have students uh, curate or create a playlist with their favorite holiday songs. And then maybe teachers can play it during independent work or in the first few minutes as they're waiting for all the students to log in. Um, the next one is, I think, one of Sharon's favorites, right? The scavenger hunt, <laughs> but the holiday edition. Do you have any ideas, Sharon, of what we could do in a holiday scavenger hunt? I mean, I'm thinking even like a holiday ornament, if they have anything um, that they have at home. What else? Like a pumpkin, right? Or yeah. like can be like food. Um, anything else? I think maybe um, cards, if you have any like holiday cards. Yes laying around. I know people will send their Christmas cards. I particularly love this activity because like when I was teaching summer school, I would purposely kind of build this in the beginning of the class because when, like you said, when you do the gallery view and they bring their items and share, some students who usually don't have their cameras on will, right, like turn on their cameras, you know, and this is an activity that would really kind of encourage them to engage with a class. So I've always um, enjoyed that part of it as well. Yes. And a tip, if your students, for some reason, their cameras don't work, they can always share in the chat what they have with them. They can still participate. Absolutely. Yeah. So that so is fun. That is one, right? The next one is a drawing contest or a drawing challenge. So it can be anything holiday themed. Um, and depending on your age group or grade level, your subject matter, you can tailor that um, specifically to your students, have them upload in whatever learning management system you have or have them hold it up to the camera. Um, and then the next one, do you wanna talk about the next two, Sharon? Sure, so um, especially around Thanksgiving, um, it's always a great time to have your students write a thank you card. And I will say you can write one for anybody in your life, or you can say any teacher you want to thank. Um, but I guess this year, because you may not be able to deliver a hand card, right, card in, in person, how about a digital thank you card, right? I know that with different platforms like Canva, it's, you know, it becomes easier to design your own, have your own design. Um, so, I mean, it can be some, something as simple as maybe send somebody a text and we'll do that together as a class, right? Thank you text um, or sending an email or maybe really, like I said, designing a card together, decorating digitally and sending that. But I know that, um, you know, the research recently, I was reading about this article that says the research shows that just by remembering the things and people you're grateful for, literally it increases your happiness, sense of happiness by like 30%. And they say, when you now share that, so for you to think is one thing, but if you share that with that person, it increases even more significantly. So I always think about that. So really teaching our students how to show gratitude. Wow, so what I hear you say is that our joy is directly connected to our level of gratitude. Mm -hmm. Great insight, great insight. Yeah. What, about, what about the next thing on our list? <laughs> So, you know, I used to teach high school and I know something we always look forward to was like on the last day you bring, you have a potluck, like party together. They yeah. love food and eating. Yeah. And we may watch like a short film together. So why not have like a virtual potluck, virtual potluck slash like party, right? So maybe it's that you have a theme and everyone brings like food to the screen that they can eat together. Like as you're joining the class, maybe it can be their favorite um, holiday food or dessert. 
or drink even like hot chocolate or tea, whatever it might be. And I thought maybe you can even have like a virtual viewing party together. If you all have like a short film you want to watch together as a class, you know, you guys can still kind of do that together in the virtual classroom setting. So still like not missing out on the celebration, still having that fun. Thanks for bringing that up. I actually want to give a shout out to my sister-in-law, who is a teacher for a different district. She's an elementary teacher. And she was telling me, I got this idea of right, maybe curating some fun ideas from her. And she told me that what she did was she ordered kind of some craft activities on Amazon enough where there were like, they come 30 in the pack, nothing super expensive, but very holiday specific. And then because they do a, I don't know if it's like a weekly or a semi semi monthly packet distribution, she had them ready to go like these little like treat bags with these crafts, she had Mm -hmm. them ready to go. And then so that way, when the holiday came up, she was able to like have a little craft putting together party like you were saying, right, the things that we normally do. Um, And so they sat there um, right before Halloween and put together their Halloween crafts. And so I'm never going to advocate for teachers to go out there and spend money. We already spend (laughs) too much teaching, right, in our classroom and for Mm -hmm. materials. But if that's something that you already have a propensity to do, um, that could be an idea, right? To keep the holidays fun, especially when we're thinking of our kindergartners who maybe have been to preschool, maybe who haven't been to preschool, our little ones who normally they would be having these fun activities and they're not, um, so that we can still give them that. But, right, it's your budget. No judgment if you choose not to do that. Yeah, thank you for sharing those ideas, Yvette. I'm just being reminded that, you know, that in the midst of all of all that's going on this year, there are still ways for us to celebrate, maybe different, but still celebrate and join in that fun together. Absolutely. So with that, go ahead and join us in the next segment where we will bring in Guadalupe Martinez Chin to discuss uh, COVID-19 and the holidays from a classroom and mental health perspective. Hello, and welcome back to the Equity Umbrella to our episode three. Today we have here with us a very special guest, our very own colleague, Guadalupe martinez Jin, and she is a great advocate for mental health who shares such depth of knowledge and whose perspective that we always admire and respect. So before I say anything further, let me go ahead and introduce Guadalupe martinez Jen. Hi, thank you. Hi, thank you. Thank you for that warm welcome. Um, I'm excited to be here. Lupe, we're so glad you're here with us today. And as we start, I would love for you to share some of your background with us, just how you began your career in education, what brought you there, and how you ended here today. Okay, thank you, Sharon. Thank you for that warm welcome. Um, It's nice working with you and Miss Yvette Fraga. Um, I am happy to be here and be a part of this. Um, So in um, regards to my background, um, where do I begin? Um, Graduated from Cal State Long Beach to pursue a career in law enforcement. was a probation officer for about a year. I left that and, and um, found a job at a um, nonprofit organization at Hub Cities in Huntington Park, City of Huntington Park. And um, it was there where I was an academic counselor and my role was to teach some basic math and English um, to support students to pass the test so they can work while school. So. Um, once I started teaching that, that's where my passion um, for teaching started and I fell in love and left immediately to pursue a teacher position at Nimitz Middle School, where I taught for as a resource as a resource uh, specialist teacher for about eight years. And then decided, you know, of course, with the support of my husband and my family, I quit my job, went back to grad school with um, two daughters, two toddlers, and to pursue my passion, which is ultimately in the field of mental health, 
to receive a master's in social work. And that's after that, I came back to LAUSD as a psychiatric social worker and did clinical and school-based work for the last eight years until I got this position as a multi-tiered system of support for Bell, Cudahy, and Maywood. So yes, different avenues. <laughs> Awesome. I'm really excited that you're here with us today. We're talking all about like COVID-19 and the holidays. Um, and I, I really am excited about your background because you have been a teacher and now you work specifically with mental health, right? And with your master's in social work. And I think that gives you a really unique vantage point. Um, but I want to share with our listeners, what is your experience with coping with COVID and helping students and educators cope with this time of like um, COVID-19 and distance learning and things like that? Oh, well, there's, there's so much going on. Um, you know, just starting from back in March, um, I, I think we all had a, a false reality of what working and, and, you know, having schooling from home was different than what the reality presented with us. And something I'm gonna to continue to say is, we weren't working from home or learning from home. We were in a crisis working from home and students are in a crisis learning from home. So that in itself brings a lot of um, anxiety, lots of emotions and just lots of losses, you know, because from there, um, I, you know, working in the community for LAUSD, um, our students' families lost jobs, um, lost um, family members, and, and um, just trying to navigate um, just some basic needs, food, uh, water, shelter, um, you know, let alone electronics and whatever was needed to navigate a learning from the distance or, you know, distance learning. So there was a lot, a lot of anxiety. Um, one thing I do want to mention is, I think we all as um, collectively, globally, uh, dealt with the process of grief, where we were in denial, anger, sadness, acceptance, not necessarily in that order, but we all dealt with our own grief regardless of um, what position, who we were, or where we were in that time. And, and I think the most important thing I'd like to share is especially that anticipatory grief is um, that's when the feeling of what we get about what the future holds when it's uncertain. So fear of the unknown, we knew there was a lot going on with COVID. We knew there was a virus we knew we went from being able to walk to the market or go to the store or hang out with friends to all of a sudden we're, you know, I, I don't want to say confined in our home, but we were really um, within our own home and, and in our own shelter. And um, visually we saw our leaders, whether it's our mayor or governor, um, current leaders, um, should we wear masks, should we not? And, that brought a lot of anxiety and unknown fears and loss of control and just just a lot of um, people in general in crisis and trying to do the best they can with what they know and what they could at that time. So, Lupe, thanks for sharing that. You know, I'm just thinking back to like back in March when schools had just closed. I remember just in trying to figure out what this working from home situation was going to look like. And as many things remain uncertain, I know that you were the one who was reminding me that, you know what, these are not normal times. We're in a crisis experiencing so much loss and grief. And I know that that gave me insight and in helping me kind of understanding and accepting the reality for me. So I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, with me personally, and then just sharing your experience on that. So now I'm wondering what is your perspective on what people may be experiencing now in light of COVID plus election results, you know, in light of current events that are going on? Everyone, I can honestly say everyone is feeling overwhelmed of emotions due to the ongoing stressors. Within the past year, we're, we're going, you know, 
we're, we're in November. And um, just if I can just recall at the beginning of the year, it, it was like, yay, we're celebrating 2020. And then, you know, one of the first things we've lost or people we've lost was Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant was such a um, big influence, uh, especially in the LA community amongst um, everyone um, in our district. He, he, it was so unexpected. And, and then from there, I, I recall having to do what other crisis when um, one of the airlines dropped fuel at one of our schools in our community in, in, uh, that was Park Elementary, and I, I recall because that's that's my school. That's one of my schools to provide support. So we we've had a lot of crisis, and and then continuing onward from there, um, the civil rights movements of Black Lives Matter, the ongoing injustices by different communities, and elections. <clears throat> you know, having an election year brought additional layers of stress and anxiety. And, and I think I even did a workshop on election fatigue because again, regardless of what side you were on, you were hearing the props, the commercials, the text messaging, the, um, the radio stations and, and who you're, you know, who you're, what side you're on. And, and really, I think all of us, um, within this country have dealt with so much emotions that we've reached a level of emotional fatigue. And, and it's caused us to, in addition to all that, it's, <clears throat> I realized in hearing from others, it's breaking relationships amongst families, friends, and in general, <clears throat> excuse me, in general, um, looking at our country with so much division. So, there's a lot of a lot of anger and stress and frustration and and not much listening that or compassion or feeling empathetic towards each other and and you know just kind of reflecting back and what's going on with us you know how are we going to move forward what are we going to do to make those changes and and i think a lot of us is just carrying that and we just don't know how to move forward with that I heard there's so many layers, right? I'm hearing lots of crisis happening, financial uncertainty, um, the loss of our public figures. And now we're adding on the holidays, right? And so just to kind of get a gauge or a baseline, how do the holidays usually impact people who maybe are not necessarily in this type of crisis? Well, in general, holidays are usually stressful for people. Um, everybody is always under stress. End of year, school year things, school year activities. Well, that's another loss that we won't be having. Um, you know, what I really stress about with the holidays or try to be mindful of is <clears throat> social media um, provides an image of what Thanksgiving should look like or how it's celebrated. And, and with social media, you have your Instagram, Facebook, friends, people, radio, the perfect music, the perfect turkey. Um, uh, in, in addition to the, our TV shows, what it looks like, how everyone is portrayed happy, jolly, uh, dressed up, picture-perfect meals, smiling, all families together. And uh, especially in our Latino communities, um, looking at novelas, when you look at these novelas, you have, you know, usually the women in the kitchen, and they're all dressed up with makeup and high heels and just gorgeous gowns. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and the reality is, that's not what I look like, you know, on Thanksgiving morning. I mean, I have my hair in a ponytail, no makeup and, you know, flip flops or fuzzy slippers, but you know, keeping in mind that um, the holidays is what you make of it. The holidays is what is important to you. The holidays are celebrating because holidays are also a time where it brings sadness to people. Sadness that those loved ones are no longer there. <clears throat> and especially this year, sadness regarding your financial 
situation, mm-hmm. your home situation, and basically your, your environment in which you live in. What does that look like? How are you feeling? So that's going to have a big impact um, for this year. So Lupe, thanks for sharing that. I know you're making me reflect on what I want this holiday to be about for me, right? Because it's like you said, social media plays a role that I may not even like realize in my life. And then it becomes so easily, it becomes about now I'm seeing what I don't have instead of what I do have, right? And what I want to celebrate. So I appreciate that reminder. And with that, um, my next question then is, again, in light of everything that has happened and is still going on in 2020, what would make this year different? What would make this year's holiday experience a little different? Going back to, you know, losses, financial, starting from there, you know, what family members are able to get together versus those who can't. And I think it's important especially now to be mindful of each other. The other thing is this year, what's going to be different is, of course, smaller gatherings, um, having to plan these trips to the market, having to plan your meals. It's not where we can leave at any time. Taking that into consideration is you're planning for whatever celebrations you're going to be um, celebrating, whether it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, but just be mindful that most importantly is, is the gathering of people and, and families. We, we usually have large families. And just within my own family, there's 17 of us. So that, that adds a lot of stress and pressure. And everybody wants to see each other. Everybody wants the whole, you know, traditional what they see on social media. And, and this year, we really need to be mindful of each other our feelings and our current stress level. Everyone is dealing with the anxiety and and stress of COVID in different ways. Some people have adjusted, others haven't, and we need to be mindful of that and be respectful. Wow, as you were speaking, Guadalupe, I was thinking about feeling disconnected, right? These holidays are gonna be different. and feeling kind of if our gatherings are smaller or maybe having fear of like gathering with our family, we already feel disconnected. And I think maybe having the holidays and a, a break from our usual traditions could compound that. I know for, for me, it's my grandparents who are in their 90s and we want to have them with us. We don't want to put them at risk, but I also worry about not bringing them with us might also make them feel sad right? So it's that emotional versus their, their physical health. And I, I think maybe there's a lot of families that are going through that right now. And, and definitely a lot of families going through that. I mean, again, I was having this conversation this morning uh, with one of my colleagues and having that conversation and, and also going back to, um, you know, having these holidays should be celebrated with families and you know, it could be, you know, we're so tied into traditions is why not create a new tradition? Why not create something different and say, you know what, I can't celebrate, we can't celebrate together, but you know what, we'll do something different. We'll zoom in together or um, whatever your comfort level is for your family. But it, But I think the most important thing we need to do this year is one, we need to communicate so that everyone is aware of where they're at. And then secondly, is being respectful of everyone's um, current um, feelings and emotions regarding, you know what, to be honest, I'm really scared, or you know what, I'm okay, but I see you're not okay. And just being really respectful and empathetic regarding those conversations. And and we really do have to communicate. We need to communicate, especially now. Otherwise, the amount of guilt and stress should someone in your family come positive with COVID is, is I think, far more difficult to handle. And even if they are testing positive for whatever situation, is being mindful that 
I'm also seeing those who are positive um, having the, a sense of shame like, oh, I am positive. And then having that projection of, well, what did you do? Or where did you go? Or you weren't doing it. Stigma. Stigma. And really, we shouldn't, I mean, we have no control. We have no control. So just, you know, just really having that communication and support. Thinking about our teachers, right, and in their, their teaching practice, what should our teachers be mindful of for themselves and then also supporting their students um, now that the holidays are coming up? Um, I think for teachers, um, be mindful that um, they, they really are our heroes right now. <laughs> They're the yeah. ones being, you know, running – you know, helping to run the school to educate our students. And as they're teaching from, you know, distance through distance learning, um, not realizing how much power these teachers have, because as they're teaching, um, they, the, our, our students are, are hearing them. And so are our parents. Our parents, for the first time, are, are hearing what the teachers are, are, are saying and telling and modeling for our students. So I know there's a lot, significant amount of stress. So for your teachers out there, you know, be mindful of how you're taking care of yourself. Are you eating? Are you drinking water? Are you taking your breaks? Are we exercising? And, and I'm, I'm going to add even, um, who is your support system? What colleagues are you collaborating with? Uh, we shouldn't be doing this work alone. You know, who, who are you collaborating with? And is the collaboration supportive? Because you don't want to get into a toxic um, situation where it's, it's negative. You want to be um, collaborating with those who are embracing the situation because this, this is a first. So um, just be kind to yourself and um, making sure you take those breaks, those basic needs pack your snacks the way you used to pack your lunches and, you know, also being able to disconnect. Yeah. I, I love all of those tips and insights that you've shared. And I know that I always like believe, and you're reminding me, I always believe that like, like you said, as teachers, as educators, when we take care of ourselves, we're modeling for our students that they can do that for themselves too. So mm -hmm. you know, just how important it is that during this time we care for ourselves first and making sure that our wellness is prioritized. And like you said, like everybody's a first year educator this year, right? None of us have ever, as a teacher or administrator, we've never started a new school year off like off campus. So I think reminding me that we are all learning so much on mm -hmm. um, this. And so with that, I wanna ask you now, what would that be for our administrators? So what should our administrators be mindful of for themselves during this time, and especially also in light of supporting their teachers during this time? Um, it's funny you asked me that. Um, we were just having a meeting in my team with um, Mr. Vias and our Bell Cudahy Maywood team. And we were talking about our principals, our administrators, um, our leaders, and how much they're dealing with and working with. Um, they are the first go-to for everyone. Um, everybody wants to talk to the principals. Everybody wants to talk to the administrators. Um, and they're pretty much our leaders. And the mindset of leaders, I mean, I can go on and go on with so much what leaders have to do but the mindset behind leaders is, um, you know, being able to do everything without reaching out for help or support and feeling that they need to take care of everything. And, and that's not true. Um, leaders themselves should not be alone. Um, that's why we have our community of schools and to provide that additional support. Um, we have um, leaders who are able to present as if everything's well, but underneath it, <clears throat> I know I've talked to a few where they're struggling as well. And I find it 
um, kind of sad in a way, not sad, but um, heart, um, heartbroken, I guess I want to say, that they shouldn't feel that way. We, we're, we've been preaching and talking and, and just advocating about social emotional learning for our students. We've been talking about social emotional learning for our staff, for our parents. And, you know, I know all of us as MTSSs, we've been doing a lot of SEL workshops for parents, for students, uh, restorative practice, and why not you as principals? You deserve the same support and taking that time and also working with other administrators who can uplift you and provide that support and being able to reach out without feeling the pressure that you have to do everything alone. And I appreciate that you're bringing light to the fact that many of us may be going through struggles that are seen sometimes that are obvious, but you know, often our leaders, or we may be going through struggles that are not always obvious or that's even unseen, right? right. So just the importance of checking in with one another, especially like now that many of us are working, you know, offsite or hybrid, I think it's so much easier to feel isolated. You know, we're not around people like we used to be. Right. So, I'm taking that in and thinking about who I can check in with and simply ask, how are you doing? Right. And just start that conversation. And so, I'm glad you said, I'm sorry. And I'm glad you said that. Um, the simple check-in is, is so important. Um, I know something that I do, not for all of them, um, for those who were interested, um, weekly check-ins. Hey, don't forget to have lunch today. Have a wonderful day. And just getting that little brief message is enough to be like, oh yeah, you know, someone else is thinking of me. And and what's what's kind of cool is I've been doing that since um, I want to say September. And what's kind of cool is now those messages are being sent to me. So it's like, how are you doing and did you eat? So I was like, oh, yay, you know, like spread the love, share the love. Let's all check in with each other because it's, it's important right now because you're absolutely right. We're all working in isolation and sometimes it's, it's lonely and you're not sure if people um, feel the same way as you do. So we need to normalize that. You know what? We're all here. We're here together and it's okay to reach out. And I love that you're saying that, like that love is growing, right? <laughs> yes. Shout out to you too, Lupe, because I know that I always appreciate the way you ask, how are you whenever we meet? And I know that you really mean it and you're really asking me and you're waiting for me to really like tell you how I'm feeling that day or how I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I could definitely testify to that, that you are yeah, such a good advocate for that. And I learned that from you. So yeah, there's so much insight I'm thinking about. Um, so my other question would be, with all of that being said, what would you say are some coping strategies for all stakeholders in mind? You know, something I recently did as well was reflecting on the things we once enjoyed doing and finding ways to be creative to do them safely. Of course, following the, the Center for Disease Control guidelines. Um, as we're adjusting to living in this pandemic, as we're adjusting to, you know, the winter, the fall coming upon us. I think it's important to understand that we still have, living in, in LA County, um, we still have our beach. We still can travel to the beach. Of course, you know, being safe and just listening to the ocean or walking in the sand and, and getting connected with nature or taking a hike or walking or simply checking in on friends and family that we used to be um, in touch with and for some whatever reasons, uh, we disconnected from them. Um, journaling, yoga, I mean, of course, um, we can't control everything, but we can control how we respond to it. Being positive and having that mindset and, and not, I think as educators, um, we put so much pressure on ourselves to being a perfectionist because we want the best. We want to be the best. 
um, we want to know everything. And although there's nothing wrong with that, but it also adds a lot of pressure where we end up going more in circles and not having, uh, how can you say, a, a, a healthy outlet. And, and that um, alleviates um, us being able to concentrate and apply our thoughts and emotions. But I also want to discuss that in addition to these, you know, some basic coping skills is universal coping skills is, is also strategies for overall wellness. And, and that's something that I've been working on my workshops um, since the return of um, uh, the school year, having our Wellness Wednesdays and taking care of ourselves, not just for now, but overall wellness is an active pursuit towards optimal state of health and overall well-being. Thank you so much for being with us today. You've given us some great suggestions on things to consider and ways to cope um, with all of the different layers um, of pressure and stress that we might be feeling now with the COVID and the holidays and the election. Um, and make sure that you check out our show notes because I'll be linking all of the mental health resources for LAUSD as well as the employee assistance program in our show notes. Um, and thank you again, Lupe, for being with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you, um, everyone. Um, be safe and stay healthy. Thank you for listening. We hope our conversations in this episode brought some insight, inspiration to reflect on your own experience as an educator. And now we're going to our part of the podcast where we talk about our takeaways from the show. Um, and we'll start with you, Sharon. What were your takeaways from today's episode? Mm. So much, right? So much to think through and process. You know, I think I'm just being reminded that 2020, as crazy as it has been, it had been, I'm just being reminded that, you know what? Like, life did not stop. Life is still going on. And there are still things that I can do that I enjoy that I normally enjoy that I that normally gives me joy brings me joy so I feel empowered um, I feel empowered to connect with others you know to continue to do those things big and small things that I love doing um, so yeah I, I feel encouraged and I feel hopeful and I know that when I'm doing that right when I'm when I'm allowing my bucket to be filled and experience joy in my own life I know that out of that will flow like more understanding and empathy for others. So yeah, I want to continue to think about what I can still do this year during this holiday season that I normally do. Um, that brings me much meaning and joy. How about you, Yvette? What are you thinking about? What are your thoughts? I think my big takeaway, especially from our conversation, with Guadalupe is that there are a lot of layers of stress, mm. right? There's a lot of things. And then being mindful that our students may have like more layers, right? Our educators out there, maybe they're on a single income now because their spouse has lost their job due to COVID. And so I think being really mindful of that stress, but also not to be overwhelmed by the stresses, right? To offer ourselves, our students, our teachers, our administrators grace, right? And especially ourselves, right? Offer ourselves mm -hmm. grace um, when things don't go our way. And maybe when we fall short of our expectations and when our students fall short of our expectations. Mm -hmm. um, and then the next thing is joy, right? Mm -hmm. To celebrate the little moments of success, right? And to be really mindful of, like, hey, I got up this morning and I worked out. Awesome. Like, what well, great job for me. Or, hey, I got through a whole lesson with no technical issues. Yes. Mm. Celebrate, mm -hmm. right? Or, hey, so-and-so showed up to my Zoom class on time. Hallelujah. Right? Mm. And so just being really intentional about, about those things, about grace and mm. joy. 
And I want to remind our listeners that that grace and joy will flow when we have that for ourselves first. And when we practice that with ourselves first. So thanks for sharing, Yvette. Um, so I want to remind our listeners, be sure to read and subscribe on whatever platform that brought you here today. We're available on all major podcast channels, Apple, Spotify, and Google. If you want to check in with us and let us know any fun holiday celebrations you have planned in light of COVID-19 or any fun digital classroom holiday activities you are planning to do, please feel free to email us at theequityumbrella at gmail.com. Again, that's theequityumbrella at gmail.com. We will include a link in our show notes as well. And in closing, we want to thank our guest, Guadalupe Martinez Jin, the multi tiered system of support advisor serving the Bell, Cudahy, and Maywood community of schools for sharing her classroom and mental health expertise with us. Please note that all opinions shared in this episode belong solely to each individual and do not necessarily represent the official view of Los Angeles Unified School District. We hope you will join us next time under the Equity Umbrella again. Bye for now. Bye for now. <laughs>